Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another dis exciting discussion on all things well-being oriented. This is what Minecraft is about, right? Becoming the boss of your brain. And that's what I do. I help people become the boss of their thoughts. And so uh, today's topic is the importance of having a growth mindset. So first of all, before I go another inch, uh, I've got to give credit where credit is due because this is primarily based on the work of Carol Dweck, who is, you know, just known all over the world for her work on mindset. And she talks about a fixed versus a growth mindset. So, and they're very different. A fixed mindset is the sort of the character traits of that are, or cognitive traits of that, actually, I should say, are kind of thinking that that th things are permanent there are character traits like such as intelligence and personality you know um that what all we have is what we have as far as talents they're very talents based and um and and very stuck in that the fixed mindset person is not a person who uh, has the mindset that, it, that if they work hard they can make a change or improve on something they think this is what i've given this is what i've been given this is my intelligence these are my character traits, personality traits, whatever. This is what I've got, you know, kind of that's it. And so the effort thing isn't overly important to them. Whereas a growth mindset person uh, might think I have, I have this much intelligence. I have this much athletic ability, artisticness, whatever, you know, uh, and, I can, and, I can, and I can improve if I put in the effort. And this discussion is so important because this isn't just about, you know, kind of labeling ourselves with a fixed or growth mindset or anywhere in between, because this mindset thing is super important. It's really everything, not just fixed in growth, but mindset in general, because again, with Minecraft, the whole idea with uh, what I'm trying to do with Minecraft is to kind of get the point across that thoughts are thoughts come first and feelings come second and then action or behavior. So our, how our thoughts dictate how we feel about ourselves in the world and they dictate therefore our behavior. So basically changing our thoughts also same thing as saying changing our mindset. We change our lives. We can change our lives by, by really focusing on nipping stuff in the bud in the thought arena. We change our thoughts. We change our lives. Okay. So again, uh, the grow the fixed mindset is like, this is what I had. This is my, my bag of tricks, my toolbox, what I have is what I have. Whereas a growth mindset perceives their abilities, the, this person perceives their abilities um, in, in, a, in a way that they can be developed. So we're talking about grit. Basic qualities and abilities can be attributed to effort. So grit, good old-fashioned grit. And we know that what we do over and over again becomes a habit, right? We've been talking about it. What we practice, we get better at. And we also know that after about 21 days, roughly, habits begin to, you know, sort of, they, they're, they've begun to shift and stick. So Carol Dweck has done a ton of research on this and also talks about the research of others. And, and basically, you know, she's gone into schools and written about people who've gone into schools that were known to be underprivileged, you know, just not on an equal playing field. And there was one in Harlem, one in the South Bronx. She talks about one in, I think it was Chicago with the Garfield students. And uh, also one in LA. I think there was another one in Washington state. 
So these inner city schools loaded with children who were uh, minorities, many of color, uh, she talks about also uh, some research with our Native American uh, reservation. And the thing is, they already, because they're, they, this, you know, the public schools were underneath for obviously a lot of demographic reasons and budgetary reasons and things like that, these kids had, you know, learned to believe that they weren't as good as everybody else. And they were labeled, many of them were labeled with, you know, as having uh, learning differences, which they use different words much harsher words than we would use in, in 2021. And so they had, you know, internalized these labels, all these labels of ways to not be enough, to not be as smart as other kids. You know, I'm thinking the, the school in LA, I mean, the, the teachers were just, you know, burnt out, the kids detached. Same thing with Chicago and the schools in Harlem and, and the South Bronx. And, Carol Dweck, you know, realized that this is a mindset thing. You know, if we go in there and treat these kids to, you know, as if they were geniuses, basically, and also teach them the value of, of effort and grit, that if they can actually, you know, to, to, to I guess, empower, that's the word I'm looking for, empower the, these kids by how we speak to them, by, you know, how we praise them, and to actually have them internalize the, this kind of positivity and hope and to change their belief systems that, that, that they can absolutely do well in these subjects and come way up from behind in some of the worst percentiles in these different states with, you know, the standardized test can actually bring them right up to the top. And one of them, I forget if it was South Bronx or Harlem, one of them ended up in the 95th percentile. It was LA, it was one of them, it doesn't matter. The 95th percentile is the point. And lo and behold, it worked. We treated them like little geniuses. They thought they were, and they performed as if, as if they are. And Carol Dweck also d talks about when when uh, praising them, and also in general as parents, praising our kids, anyone who works with kids, teachers, coaches, whomever, how much more important, so much more important it is to uh, praise their effort, the process, than the outcome or you know, character traits. So we're not saying to never, never is a huge word, to never say your child's smart. Of course, you can say your child's smart. And that's a good thing. It's just actually goes the other direction. If we're up and down labeling them, you know, as intelligent, intelligent, intelligent can lead to a fixed mindset, which we know does not go to anywhere good. And so the reason that doesn't go anywhere good is because these these labels actually become dangerous. So the, if the child gets labeled as, you know, the smart one in the family, or we're just saying how intelligent they are over and over and over again, they're less apt to think they need to put in the effort. It kind of devalues the grit part. And what's cool about the grit part is we can choose it. We can choose, you know, to sort of acknowledge that I'd like to be better at, at math, at art, at uh, becoming honest, at whatever it is, because whatever we do over and over and over again becomes a habit, right? Whatever we practice, we inevitably get better at. And so this is what Carol Dweck is all about. So interestingly, it kind of changed the laws of effort because the fixed mindset crew, let's say as kids, where they're labeled the intelligent one, the athlete, the artist or whatever, then they now are gonna feel the need to have to prove themselves over and over and over again. And then we turn into adults who feel we have to prove ourselves over and over and over again. 
Uh, because we're the smart one, we're the athlete, we're the artist, we're the one who's good with computers or whatever. And what Carol Dweck found through her research, um, I'm thinking of a time when she gave, I think they were around 10 years old, uh, they gave them some, some challenging math problems. And the kids who had the growth, oh, sorry, sorry, fixed, the kids who had the, the fixed mindsets didn't didn't do didn't handle it well when they got feedback and that's true in general for adults fixed mindset people don't generally like feedback when it's not in their favor and not that that's that's fun for growth mindset folks but the difference is growth mindset the growth mindset it says this okay i got to see you know what but wow did i get a lot out of that class i mean that professor or let's say it's a younger elementary middle school high school teacher they were just so demanding, but wow, do I feel like I've got this down? And boy, I, wow, did I learn you know such interesting things? Whereas the fixed mindset person is going to just be very focused on the C, and I failed, and I can't tell my parents. Or if you're an adult and, and go, taking uh, college classes as an adult, what's the matter with me? I never used to get Cs. Where have I? Where have I failed? What's the matter? Is something wrong? And they stay very, very stuck in that. And another thing that, that Carol Dweck found, um, which which really I found very I found very interesting, as the as the kids who were you know really sort of adhered to their intelligence label, did things to try to avoid these challenges, even to the extreme of cheating, because they had to uphold that that I'm intelligent thing. I produce good grades and they were even willing to, to cheat because they didn't want to have a self-esteem hit. So now obviously that swaps out one sort of lowered self-esteem for another because they, they're a good kid and they know that it's wrong to cheat. It's dishonest. It doesn't mean you didn't even earn it. So what's the point anyway? And so it really doesn't go anywhere good or, and, and, or they got into uh, engaging in avoidant behavior where they uh, would not take a challenging class. And let's amp this up to high school or college, like a class you really want to take. You really want to take it, and you don't because you don't want to risk, you know, a dip in the GPA. And they'd rather do that than, for, than follow, you know, pursue their love of learning and take the class. So that right there is a major difference as far as uh, education goes. And, you know, this can also, of course, you know, follow us right in, and does, can and does follow us right into adulthood and, and past academics and the workplace. So you can just kind of transfer all those examples into the workplace. You know, somebody's got the fixed mindset and they're kind of good where they are in middle level management, nothing saying anything's wrong with that. And they, they have a decent salary, but there's no spark. They're not really happy. And uh, they've always had this idea to start a business, something really amazing, entrepreneurial vibe, and they've got it going on. They can practically taste it because it's so clear to them. You know, but do I want to risk being the successful one? I've been labeled the successful one. I've got the good salary. I've got a business card that says something, you know, important on it. And people can count on me to, to do this and that financially and whatever. And they're not going to dare risk the idea of, quote, unquote, failing. Um, whereas a growth mindset person would look at would look at that in a whole new whole nother way. In fact, the look as far as failure is another thing. Failure is, is excruciating for the person with the fixed mindset. Excruciating. You'll avoid it at all costs. And not that any of us necessarily like to fail, though the growth mindset individual is going to look at it as a redirection, as a speed bump, 
and that it could have loads of opportunity around the corner because without quote unquote failures, there really isn't any growth. We, you know, we have to fail eventually in our lives. Everybody, obviously we're not, none of us are walking on water here. So obviously we're going to fail and we're going to have to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps as they say. And I know in my fabulous 56 years of life, whenever I've been in a situation that wasn't making a lot of sense to me in that way, things were coming together. When I look back, when I look back, you know, retrospectively, there was, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, there was something way better, you know, down the road, you just can't see it, you know, when you're going through the mud. Um, but a fixed mindset person is going to just think it's over. I failed. It's excruciating, blah, 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 blah rather than looking at it as an opportunity for growth and to, to learn new things. Another thing that follows us right into adulthood is uh, the fixed versus growth mindset in relationships. So the fixed person uh, will often, you know, we'll, we'll talk, we can, it can be marriage, long-term relationship is where this really applies, a long-term relationship. So when they start to have issues, which they undoubtedly will, because no matter how much we like each other, no matter how great we look, you know, we throw two human, complex human beings together, and it, obviously it's going to have moments of being complicated. No matter how much you love each other, it's just how it is. The fixed mindset, though, is more apt to have the thinking of, you know, if these issues go on for two. We're not talking about getting beaten either, by the way. Uh, you know, just regular things that we that need to work out that are not, you know, 911 abuse issues. Regular relationship stuff. And... uh They'll, they'll just think in their heads, well, okay, I put in a little bit of effort, but if this is taking so much effort, this must this, this relationship just must not be meant to be. And they often will just end it and, and go find somebody else, and lo and behold, they'll probably end up in the same place. Whereas a growth, growth mindset person will really leave not a stone unturned with a relationship, especially if there's kids involved that complicates all of it. Um, you know, but to realize, wow, you know, this is taking some effort. And they might seek out couples counseling, which is something a fixed mindset may not want to do. The growth mindset couple uh, will often pursue, pursue that so that they can have a third party to help them work things through. They might go get a few good reads, that, you know, books that can help them with what it is. They might, you know, watch some, some um, sort of very informative YouTubes that they get, get into that can talk about, you know, relationship issues and how to work them through. Lots of communication, obviously, with the partner, maybe even seeking out some help. Well, that would be couples counseling for the most part, but also, you know, different words to use and, and not use. So they so that uh, the, the language, the, the language between the couple improves and they will just think, OK, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in it to win it. How can we how can we work this not out? Not can we work it out? How can we work this out? And I'm willing to put in the effort. That's would be the growth mindset way to handle things. And obviously, if, you know, big stuff happens, then you might have to make a choice, though. For the most part, the growth mindset person is going to jump in with both feet. That's what we're saying here. And again, so this follows us. It's a mindset, obviously. So this affects all that we do. And, uh, of course, the words, we've talked about these polarized words. A, a growth mindset person is less apt to use words like perfect, everything, always, no one, never, nothing, you know, everyone or whatever, these polarized words should, ought to, must, those, those are all very polarized and very rigid. They represent rigid thinking. The growth mindset person, rather like in a couple's counseling saying, you never listen to me, 
I mean, just even saying that just now to all of you is, you know, I would, as a partner, I would feel defeated if I heard you never listen to me. It's like, why try? Why bother? You def- it's like hitting a brick wall. And never means 24-7, 365 a day, years a yeah, yeah, let's try that again. Never or always, either one, means 24-7, 365 days a year plus leap year. Who can do anything all the time, 24-7, every day of the week? really, or not do something 24-7 every day of the week for the entire year. It's just not humanly or statistically possible. So rather than saying, you never listen to me, folded arms, and it might be true that the the person's right that they don't listen most of the time, but then say that. Be accurate with your words. You know, say, own it and say, I'm not feeling listened to much of the time, lots of the time, the majority of the time. Even if you say the high majority of the time, which may be accurate, the high majority of the time leaves leaves the other partner a window to fix it, to improve, to talk, to have a conversation. It leaves a little bit of an exit door to catch their breath versus never and always. It's just like hitting, you know, like I said, a brick wall. And that partner's, I wouldn't blame them for saying, okay, fine, see ya. You know I mean? It, it just doesn't leave a lot of room for improvement and, and rejuvenating the relationship. And another way, of course, it can, can trickle in. Um, it can keep us from doing fun things like taking art classes because we have it in our heads. We are just not artistic. That's it. I wasn't, you know, the good Lord put a lot of things in my gift bag and that's just not in there. Or so-and-so got hit with a lucky artistic lottery ticket and not me. And that's, we know that that is all crapola. And Carol Dweck talks about it in her book, Mindset, that anyone can learn to be artistic. Because it really, it's about learning a new way of seeing. Now, obviously, that's going to be over a broad spectrum because uh, we have to take genetics or still part of that. So somebody might predis- be predisposed to being more artistic in whatever way, whether it's music or the visual arts or, um, you know, poetry, whatever. And still, we can learn, We no matter what it is, we can learn it if we if we put in the effort. Can we be Michael Phelps? No, we need the body type and the genes for that. Can we become a better swimmer? Even if we don't swim at all, sit right here at this minute, sitting or standing here, of course we can. Get some lessons. That's the point. Can we take art classes if we've never drawn anything or sculpted anything? Of course you can. And here's the news. You're going to get better. Absolutely. And then there's that. Sadly, it can prevent us from doing whatever or trying out for a sports team. Uh, it, it also kind of wiggles its way into how we can manage mental health issues for sure and so my example is going to be depression it's just the easiest one to use but it would work for uh, you know fill in the blank because those with a fixed mindset tend to tend to have a much tougher time managing their depression now so disclaimer here in no way am i saying it's easy to manage depression depression is complicated in addition to you know involving mindset it also involves you know, some uh, neurobiology or chemistry. And, uh, you know, none of this is in place of professional treatment. You know, I usually say that. And that said, regardless of where someone is on the depression spectrum, mindset is still the biggie because thoughts come first and feelings come second. And happiness is still a choice, even though sometimes people 
don't enjoy hearing that. We talked about wearing the weight belt under the uniform at a track meet, if you remember. Some people have an extra weight belt they're walking around with or running around with that no one else can see, such as depression or anxiety or ADHD or autism or bipolar or whatever. And that sucks, and that is what it is. And here's the thing. It's still a choice. We just have to, in the race, we have to run. We have to work harder, work out harder, run harder, faster. We have to try that much harder to get to the same place sometimes. However, it is still a choice and it's largely, we'll say largely about mindset. So the person with a fixed mindset is going to kind of get really stuck probably saying, I have this thing called depression. It's never, again, those words, never leaving. My depression is always going to get in the way of my relationships using those polarized words. They are going to be less apt to seek treatment. It doesn't mean they don't, especially if they've got parents or partner encouraging them. It might take a lot more of that because they're not, they may not want to do it. They may not be as apt to make dietary changes, may not be less, or may be less apt to make exercise, you know, changes when all of that matters, sugar intake matters, all of it matters. And whereas the growth mindset person isn't, you know, going to think I'm the chosen one with the depression. They got, it got me. I, I drew the, I drew the bad ticket or the short straw or whatever. And even if, if somebody is genetically predisposed to that, just like having brown eyes or anything else, we can't help that. Um, the growth mindset person is going to be more, more apt to acknowledge that. You know, it runs in my family. You know, it is what it is. And I can still make choices to manage this the best I can. And I can look at this as a growth experience. And again, I'm not saying this is easy. And this is the deal, though. We can look at it as a growth experience. I can... I can maybe let it be this catalyst for for change it can I, my depression can be a motivator maybe to exercise maybe i haven't really been involved too much with exercise or sports in my whole life and why not now if not now when and it might take up something cool and new you know uh mixed martial arts or fencing or or even just walking in the woods and starting a whole new routine that person with the with the growth mindset however is going to champion over the person with the fixed mindset because of of the of the thought pattern of this and typically once we start making these changes whether it's depression or or not it's like a mojo right so we start the walking you know we start to walk you know most days outside and we start to or maybe we're taking the art class maybe we are uh you know we've we're told we didn't have a musical cell in our bodies. We do like a mental flip of the bird up to whoever said that to us. And we just sign up for, you know, uh, violin lessons or something or line dancing or ballroom dancing with a partner or whatever and gets us out of the house and it gives us structure, which people, those with depression also greatly benefit from. So you see the difference that mindset really is everything because the mind is everything. And people often say, you know, you are what you eat. Okay, that's true, but only if you have a brain first, right? Because uh, the nutrition thing is certainly very important. And however, again, thoughts come first. And so becoming the boss of your brain, practicing thought control, this is the ticket to live your best life. And this is why the growth mindset is so important and um, and of course, to, to sort of leave on the growth mindset note, because the fixed mindset people are going to think they have to they have to be in a fixed mindset forever. That's kind of like 
the dual or the du- double negative there because no, you can as a, the fixed mindset people, or you're somewhere maybe in the middle, but you want to be more of a growth mindset. We can choose, you know, whatever whatever it is isn't working for me. And maybe there's somebody in your life, a sibling or a friend, parent, partner, whatever, who's has a more of a growth mindset, and you're not saying I want to be them. You're just saying, wow, I am noticing. That they have a little bit more of a growth mindset, or a lot of a growth mindset, more than I do, and I'd like to emulate them. And you know what? Good for you, because having a visual, somebody in your life who you who you, you know, care about or just admire, or maybe it's somebody you don't even know that well and you admire, it's not all bad to kind of listen to their conversations, listen to the words. I don't mean eavesdrop, you know what I'm saying? But listen to the vocabulary they use. Listen to. Um, what they might do in their lives for structure, or or uh, exercise, or or whatever, cutting down the sh- sugar intake. Listen to them and emulate them. That's great. We don't have to be stuck in the fixed mindset. So, okay, it is so important to have a growth mindset because our mind is everything. Thoughts dictate our feelings, which means they dictate our behavior, which means our thoughts dictate our lives. Change, change your thoughts, change your life. This is Kimberly Quinn. Signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a very growth mindful day. <laughs>